Welcome one. Welcome all to my podcast, focusing on your favorite sports and your favorite athletes on their Olympic journey. This is the road to Tokyo. This is 2020 Vision. Hello and welcome to 2020 Vision, episode two. In this episode, I am speaking to an amazing athlete. This athlete is named Daniel Kirk, and Daniel is a discus thrower, a para-athlete, and all-around good guy. I hope that you enjoy the upcoming chat. Uh, I enjoyed it myself. Uh, he has a very good story to tell, very good advice to give. Uh, here we have my chat with Daniel Kirk. Well, let's start with uh, having a chat about you and, firstly, your love for sport. Can you tell us sure. uh, where it all began? Uh, I mean, I fell in love right from the beginning, like with sport, like it's it's all I sort of wanted to do, I wanted to work out, I wanted to play it. Um, so like, I think my first sort of proper introduction to organised sport was soccer when I was in under eight. Um, and it just came off the back of playing, you know, I guess school sport and stuff at primary school and, and wanting to get involved with something. So, Much like every Australian boy, we all loved our sport growing up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so soccer took me through, you know, most of the way through my teams and, you know, made a few <coughs> representative sides and different things like that. And, um, and then, yeah, sort of got introduced to football and, um, sort of took up that pathway along with a little bit of, of athletics just on a, on a sort of off season kind of, I guess, schedule. Um, and then, yeah, that's, that's sort of, I guess, taken me a, a fair way. Like I, Brought me over to South Australia where I studied my sort of science degree and you know, at the conclusion of, of football when I um, you know, had my career ending injury, yeah. you know, I ended up sort of finding my way into the para sport. So it's, it's been a common thread through my whole life. So what was, uh, so you played a bit of football down in Tasmania, did you say you're from? Yeah, yep. What was it like compared to playing here in SA um, and playing over there in Tassie? Is it a different brand of football? Yeah, it is a little bit. Um, we were playing, so before I left, I was playing state football with the VFL um, side that we had, the Tasmanian Devils. Yeah. Um, and I guess there was, um, the VFL was, was fairly strong at that stage, and there was you know, lots of, sort of, I guess, big name players dropping back to play in the VFL that we then play against. And um, so we had a pretty, pretty strong side and a really good program, and um, a lot um, different sort of grounds, I guess, to South Australia, like down. Then in Tassie, there's a lot more sort of, I guess, wet and cold weather throughout the winter. And um, so, you know, when I moved over here, the, the grounds tended to hold up a, a fair bit better. And um, yeah, so, you know, differences, but lots of commonalities as well. So you went from playing there in Tasmania, come over to SA, and you get your spot with uh, Glenelg. What was that yep. like coming yep. over and playing in the SA NFL? Yeah, mate, it was actually a really good experience. Like coming from Tassie, we used to get some really good crowds for home games. Um, but you go to the to Victoria, and I guess those matches, you know, weren't as um, as popular as the AFL ones. So the, the crowds weren't quite as as large or passionate. Um, whereas coming to the SNFL, like every game, there's just diehard supporters there, like for both sides. And you know, we had some pretty pretty solid crowds along the way. And um, you know, suburban grounds are nice. Like there's lots of them, you know, around around Adelaide. Whereas um, you know, Tassie with the state side, we, we really only played on probably two or three, three different grounds in the state. Um, so, yeah, it, was, it was good. It was a good experience and, and something I'm grateful to have had. And you were aiming for AFL selection, am I correct? Or you were up there with the names that could have been chosen? 
Yeah, look, I, um, part of moving to SA was to, to chase that dream, and I did a pre-season with Port in, I think, uh, for the 2006 season and, and narrowly missed out, and I uh, was invited back in to the 2009 pre-season uh, after we sort of played in the grand final for Glenelg, and um, I wasn't, wasn't registered for the draft at the time, so that one was um, fizzled out pretty quickly, unfortunately. No, that's okay. So talk us through, um, was it 2000 and five that you had the injury or correct me on that if I'm wrong no no so I, I moved to SA in 2005 oh, okay, eight yeah. Years, yeah eight years in SANFL and then uh 2012 was when I had the the, the ankle injury and so talk um, us through that yeah. what happened exactly as, um, as you can remember we were playing a playing an evening game down the bay and um it was early on in, in the game about a couple of minutes in and sort of let out for a mark jumped um got a little nudge in the back and landed awkwardly and um, yeah, just yeah, compressed and sheared the ankle joint, I guess, and did a probably did a fair bit of damage in that moment. Um, but wasn't really, I guess, um, yeah, I didn't understand, you know, how how bad it might have been. Most importantly, was the free uh, kick rewarded? Uh, no, there's nothing there. No, right. <laughs> nothing. I was just the player. Like I said, it was a pretty innocuous nudge. It wasn't. There wasn't much to it. Um, and uh, yeah, so like, just it was a long process. It was. A couple of pretty tough years and some mishandled surgery and uh, I had six surgeries all up and, and the first surgeon had three goes of it in 20 weeks and um, I, I really feel that that probably you know made things a lot worse and um, and probably left me with the um, the permanent sort of uh, disability that I, that I now have. So then you jump from um, from all this happening to you and, and you get the mindset of going para-athletics. Who put you in that direction? Um, there was just some people around SAFI, so the, the South Australian Sports Institute, um, where I was working at the time, so I was uh, as a strength and conditioning coach. And, um, you know, over the, over the coming months after the injury, I really pulled back from work. I wasn't, wasn't really sort of um, physically able to do it and, my mind was was definitely not there with um, just the sort of stress and the trying to adapt to a, to how things were were now operating. And uh, but there was people around there that sort of encouraged me to keep an open mind about that power pathway and to to get in touch with someone. And it was probably stubbornness that took me so long. Like it took yeah. me two years before I I reached out. Um, and that was partly just due to the sort of determination to get back to able bodied sport and to sort of problem solve my my um, injury. Um, but you know, once I finally came to the realization that it, it wasn't going to get any better, and, and it took me longer than probably some people, um, yeah, there was it was a pretty obvious pathway that to follow. Like, you know, getting in touch was the the best thing I, I ever did. It was it was probably what I'd talk about being an upward trend in in sort of that whole time in my life when things had sort of felt like they're on a long slippery slope, and um, they they've just been fantastic. The, the empathy, the compassion, the um, support that they've offered in guiding me into a new pathway and a new sport and um, is just wonderful. And the community of people that are they're involved, whether it be athletes, administrators, support people, coaches, like they're just just a wonderful community to be part of. It definitely is, mate. So sadly, um, you didn't get that two thousand and six uh, sixteen qualification for the Paralympics. That would have been that would have driven you a bit further there. You then go into two thousand and seventeen uh, World Championships. Do you mind talking me through that? Yeah, sure. So I, I actually qualified for Rio, but missed out on, on selection, unfortunately, because yeah. it was just a, a couple of B qualifiers. Um, and then 
Yeah, there was definitely a, um, a resolve to not, not have to go through that experience again, albeit like fairly early in my career. I, I sort of um, found it very sort of confronting, particularly sort of the anxiety of, of trying to throw for distance and hit a mark and, you know, whether you'd be selected or not. So, um, yeah, the, the London World Champs was... Um, but there was a, a few of those things repeated. Like it, it was still quite stressful going through any sort of qualification period, but um, luckily sort of got over the line late in the period. Like it was literally qualified on the last day of of, uh, of qualification um, to get my second B qualifier, and was fortunate to be selected for that team. And yeah, I got to go to go to London and, and took my wife over with me, and yeah, we just um, just lapped it up. It was just a wonderful experience, and. A highly professional event. There was um, huge support for para athletics over in the UK, like 265,000 pre-sold tickets or something to to the event. Um, that was um, it was a great celebration of, of sport and um, yeah, had a had a really good experience and performed well and just can't wait to do it all again. And in the short time that you've been here, have you seen the growth in how much acceptance there is in the sport? Yeah, look, it's it's one of those things that goes through a little bit of ebbs and flows depending on sort of. I guess how how proactive um, organisations are. Um, so you know, there's some places things are, are really kind of there's a, a lot of equity and fairness and those sort of things, and there's other things which unfortunately are really really not where they should be and, and not where you'd hope they'd be. But um, it's, it's a difficult one because the status quo kind of kind of rules, and um, you know, and if if they're not sort of in a ruling mentality, then perhaps in a an apathetic mentality where it's like, well, I've, I've got what I need and, you know, you, you should probably just, you know, sort yourself out kind of thing. Like, um, I'd like to see a lot lot more done in that space. Like, I, I think the UK do it beautifully and they celebrate and recognise their, their para-athletes in the same capacity as their able-bodied. It's just athletes, it's not. There is no difference kind of thing. And um, the families and the, the people that came to support their... their um, Athletes at the Para-Athletic World Championships were, you know, as passionate as we used to anyway. So. No, that, that's amazing, mate. So how is your travels going, um, like training-wise, to 2020? Because uh, that's next. Yeah, pretty good. Um, it's a tough gig. Like, we've got one of the toughest classes, um, or toughest events for our class with the discus and the F44. Um, so the five guys above me are all uh, fully funded by their countries, which makes it a, a fair challenge when yeah. we're... We're running on fumes back here in Australia, but um, yeah, look, we, the team I've got sort of together is, looks pretty promising. You know, we've got um, got people sort of pulling in the same direction and um, just starting to settle a, a few things in that manner now, where I'm, I'm feeling more comfortable about that that path through to World Champs in November this year, and then and then through to Tokyo next year. So yeah, we had a couple of years since London where we really sort of chased some technical improvements and stumbled our way backwards and forwards. And um, yeah, it's been been a little frustrating, but at the same time, like I know how much better I'm moving, and it's just um, now sort of progressing that so that we can we can see the full benefit of it. It's like learning how to tap the ball out of a ruck again, isn't it? Oh, mate, it's infinitely harder than anything I do in football. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a technical event, like I've. I've played a lot of different sports. I mentioned mm. soccer earlier and football and beach volleyball and um, I've generally picked things, most things up fairly quickly and, and, and done okay. And with discus, there was an element of that that you, it only gets you so far and getting from sort of good to elite is is tricky. Like it's, 
yeah, every time you change something, you know, there's one and a half rotation, something else changes ahead of it, and, and so you're constantly chasing your tail looking for improvement. So I don't think it's an event that you ever completely master, but it also keeps you highly engaged because of that. You're always always looking for something to, to build on and to improve. And do you dabble in shot put at all? Look, I threw shot at uh, World Champs. Um, it's just a secondary event. Like, I, I really didn't train that much for it. Um, this wasn't a, a priority given it's not a Paralympic event. Um, I would have maybe considered doing the same thing this time, but it's not even um, being offered it at uh, Dubai at this World Champs, and it, it definitely won't be in Tokyo. So um, the other one for me, throwing event is javelin that they offer, um, but it just doesn't it doesn't couple up well with yeah. with this, this training for both. So I'd rather do one well than, than sort of compromise either of them by trying to do both. Fair enough, Nam. Uh, before you go, mate, I'd like to ask you one question. What word of yeah, advi- what sort of word of advice is, would you give um, people that are heading in your direction of uh, not only the para athlete aspects, but in sport in general, um, the motivation? How would you motivate someone to go that extra step? Because you you struggled, as you said, a bit um, in trying to find your way. It took you a bit longer than you thought it would. Um, what would you say to those that are trying? Yeah, look, it wasn't motivation or anything for me. It was more just like it was stubbornness. It was thinking that I was gonna gonna fix fix my ankle and, and mm. obviously it wasn't gonna happen. So for for other people, it's more just about. Um, for me, I think mindset is the biggest thing that you can you can build on in sport, like physical capacities and talent, all those sort of things. Like there's great pathways for that. There's great support for it. But the mind sort of things, you've got to work out what works for you. Um, and I think the best way to do that is to build a really good team around you. And, and I'm fortunate to, to have done that and to have good people sort of that um, feed into to what I'm doing and, and help me sort of recalibrate and balance things out and challenge me when I need to be challenged or more often actually pull me back when I need to pull back. So, um, And that's you know that's not just your sport thing, that's your, your home life as well. Like, you know, whether it be your wife or your family or, you know, your best mate or whatever it is, like you need, you know, someone someone and people around you to, to make sure that you, you get through all of those sort of ups and downs that, that are part of being an athlete because it's not smooth sailing and it looks all glossy on the social media and, and TV, but, you know, it, it almost misrepresents it to younger athletes and I think, you know, we need that support in place for, for people like that when they're still finding the way and they haven't done it before. Thank you very much for your kind, yeah, for your words there, mate. They are kind. I was going to say kind words. Uh uh, well, yeah, I wish you the best of luck in your future um, endeavours, world champs later this year, and then, of course, 2020 Olympics next year. Um, thank you for joining me. No, terrific. Thanks, mate. Appreciate it. And there we, ha- and there we had uh, my chat with Daniel uh, Kirk, a very uh, resilient man, a very inspirational man, and I, get- I thank him very much again for having that chat with me. Um, hopefully you enjoyed that. Uh, I love a-, a person that can, you know, uh, be inspiring, bounce back because that's what everyone needs to know that you can do uh, hopefully it inspired you so thank you very much for joining me on my chat uh, with Daniel and my podcast 2020 vision please do share please do find me on Facebook 2020 vision road to Tokyo yeah I, I, I love doing what I do um, and if you have any any criticism any words of improvement please do let me know I, I, I do want to make this as good as I can uh, yeah love yous I'm going to leave yous, and uh, we'll see you next week on 2020 Vision.